Welcome to Musings of an Extrovert. My name is Darvin Muentes, and as promised, my guest... Hey, my name's Aaron Runzo, and um, I'm a good longtime friend of Darvin. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're going to have a really good time today. We're going to be discussing uh, something that I love talking about, uh, Aaron loves talking about. So Aaron, actually, let's kind of give them a little bit of taste of why you love talking about it. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background. Yeah, um, man, I love Jesus. Uh, I mean, that's the most, that's the main thing while I'm here, but yeah. um, my wife and I, we've been involved in ministry for a while. And uh, most recently I've gotten involved with FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And it's just the most amazing thing ever to be able to uh, spread the word of God, share the gospel, and just interact with kids, athletes, coaches, um, just throughout the week and being in their daily lives and ministering to them and just helping them to um, just to feel loved and to have support and encouragement in their lives. And um, so that that's kind of what I do and um, what I'm all about. And ultimately, I'm here just because this is an opportunity to um, just come alongside you, Darvin, and to just... Um, just dive into the scriptures and see what they mean and just help um, expand people's knowledge and understanding. And yeah, so that, that's why I'm here. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I love it. So Aaron, he just said he works with FCA. Uh, Aaron also has his MDiv from Regent University, uh, which is both of our alma maters. Uh, so it's pretty cool that uh, we both went to the same place. That's not actually how we met, though. Uh, we met through, uh, the youth group, uh, at our church. He, his wife is the youth leader, uh, for our campus. So mm -hmm. when I got recruited to help out, he was recruited naturally because he was, uh, <laughs> his wife's husband, yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of built in. <laughs> yeah. So today we're going to talk about hermeneutics and this is going to be part of a four part series. So you won't want to miss the other episodes, because that's when we're going to jump into the meat of what we're learning about, which is the Bible. I mean, we're jumping right in to learn from the book of Hebrews specifically. We're going to learn from chapter 11 um, what the author of the book of Hebrews was trying to tell us through that chapter. Uh, and so we're going to do some work here in this first episode that isn't actually going to open this up yet. We're going to open this up and we're going to read it and we're going to try to understand it. But we need to first do something. And Aaron, what is that thing that we first have to do? Yeah, um, we have to, before you jump into interpreting and applying scripture, um, and he, he mentioned the word, but we really need to look into hermeneutics and what that is. And it and when you apply it to other things in life, it makes perfect sense. For example, historians, um, when they're given documents throughout time, they don't just read them one time and then go ahead and try to apply them and interpret them. Uh, these people are looking into what was the, the culture at the time, mm -hmm. the context in which it was written, who wrote it, who was it written to, um, and things like this. And so we have to use that same approach Yep. when we dive into scripture and try to interpret it and apply it to our lives now and our, t our time now. Um, for example, who, who did write it? Who was it written to? Um, when was it written? 
Uh, in what context was it written? Um, was it written in maybe a specific area or language or culture that maybe had a little variance compared to the people that the letter is being sent to and mm -hmm. how would it be interpreted by the people receiving the letter at that time? Um, yep. And what language was written? All these things um, go into what is hermeneutics, which is basically the study of, of how to interpret yep. scripture. Yeah. Yeah. Hermeneutics is a fancy term. I mean, it's, you know, a, I don't even know if I can actually spell it, <laughs> though I will Google it before I put a title on this episode. Hermeneutics is important. Um, I remember my first time that I really was struck by how little I understood about the contexts of the stories that I read in the scriptures um, was when I was in my Old Testament class at mm. university. And um, let me tell you, like, you don't realize the little things. Like, you might read something, for instance, in that Old Testament class, we started talking about the book of Ruth. And you don't realize what some little things might mean. For instance, feet in the Bible can meet some, mean some funny things. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, if someone tells someone to uh, go somewhere, go away for a little while and do this, you might think they're going like halfway across the world when they might just be going across a lake. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the kind of stuff you don't realize because you don't know the context. You don't know even the geography of a particular location. When I'm mentioning a lake, the Sea of Galilee, is just a ginormous lake. It's not an actual sea. Yeah. Like it's not a it's not one of the seven seas, but it is a sea in that time and the way that they use the words that they they say. And we still call it the Sea of Galilee today, mm -hmm. but we know that it's just an enormous lake. <laughs> mm -hmm. Uh and so that is that's a difference in trying to understand the context versus just saying, "Oh, wow, they swam across the across the sea. It's like they went to Antarctica." <laughs> you know, like yeah. That that's the kind of understanding that you get when you truly actually try to learn hermeneutics. You learn the context of places. You learn who wrote it, why this particular person might have written it, uh, what are some of the motivations that could have inspired its writing. Um, yeah. And so these are very important things. And I'm going to illustrate that for you real quick. We were actually joking around the other night trying to figure out some fun things that we talk about as 21st century Americans um, and some phrases that we have. So I'm going to share this one phrase. Everyone out there, you may have laughed at someone, uh, someone who told you a joke and they were being very funny and you're just dying. You're using the phrase, I'm dying, you're killing me, is what you tell that person. Well, let's say that you decided to write a book. And in this book, you wanted to capture that very moment, mm -hmm. that time when you were laughing so hard, you used the phrase, I'm dying and you're killing me, and this other person and the things that they were saying. But you were writing to a particular group that didn't know really much about your the laughter in that time you were just sharing that you were with your friend 
but you decided to just put that detail in. It wasn't like this super big important detail, but it was a detail that you would naturally put in. I mean, like you sometimes when you write down, I woke up today, I brushed my teeth, and then I went and I took a jog, and on my jog I saw a cat. That cat may not matter in the grand scheme of what you're writing. You're just trying to say, here's what my day was. But if someone were to read that and you said the cat decided to attack me, that's an important detail and not just a periphery detail. So those are two different things. The cat was just there or the cat decided to attack me and that was part of my day. Those are two separate details and they kind of have different weight and importance. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you say those things, that holds meaning to whoever is reading it. Now place that person... 2,000 years from now, in Asia, they don't know English. They speak a different dialect of even their own native Asian language. Mm -hmm. And now they are seeing your book, and you wrote in that book, these were the specific words you said. You said, that person said something, and then I was on the floor, and I said, you're killing me. <laughs> that sounds really bad if you don't know the context. But you were just sharing this funny moment, this snippet of time, and you wrote those words. Now this person in Asia is translating this, and they see it, and they see a word that means killing in their native language, and they you know, translate it to their native language to one for one mean someone dying because someone else is doing causing death upon them. Mm -hmm. um, and they say, you're killing me. And they read that as, man, this book is violent. It's about this person coming and killing the person who wrote this book. How did the person survive to even write it? That's funny. But um, that is the difference. If they are in that context, how are they going to understand what these words mean based off of the way that you wrote it? They can go to a history course. They can go and find out what were some popular phrases at the time because it wouldn't make sense if I said, you're killing me and I'm on the floor and then all of a sudden, the next day I'm just walking down the street and I'm sharing, I'm walking down the street exactly. and I saw another cat and it was a great day. If you were dying the previous day, it would make no sense that the very next day you were happy and joyful and yeah. going off and you saw a cat and it was like nothing had ever happened. <laughs> and so that is what hermeneutics helps us to do. That person in Asia is learning about the American culture. They learn about some of the funny phrases at the time and they find out, oh, you're killing me means that was funny. That was really funny and I'm, I'm dying of laughter and I'm not really dying. I'm just so overwhelmed with laughter. Mm -hmm. So that's what hermeneutics is going to help us to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Aaron... Why don't you tell us a little bit about some of the things that we're going to do in hermeneutics? I'll mention and I'll talk about this a little later, but we're going to talk about it in the context of being an inspector. But I want to tell I want you to tell them what are some of the questions that we ask in yeah. hermeneutics in order to achieve that yeah. kind of goal. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So this is going to be um, an awesome time spent together in this episode and the next few episodes. Um, diving into this, um, I guess, hermeneutical process. Uh, but, but as I mentioned earlier, um, we have to look at all these details, all these questions, 
Um, and we'll go into this more in depth, like Darwin said, as we get to the next episode. Um, but again, who wrote uh, this letter? Um, it is in the form of a letter, although it's not um, it's not quite like all of the other letters, the epistles that we see in the New Testament. So again, it has its differences. So we need to look into why that was and really what format, what structure it's in. Um, so when was it wrote? Or, sorry, when was it written? Mm-hmm. Um, again, who wrote it and where was that person living? Where was that person from? What geographical area was it written in? What would the culture be like there? And then who was it written to? Um, there's even what language was it written in in general, because in scripture, I mean, we have, um, translations coming from Hebrew, Hebrew coming from Greek, even coming from, um, Aramaic. And so there's a lot of different, uh, a crossover of words if you go from one language to the other. And so we have to understand with us receiving the translation we have in the English language, what translation did we receive this from and what um as what language was it originally written and when it was written was that um was that language that is written in coming um referencing maybe another language so we mm-hmm. often t- we end the, the this letter to the hebrews um we have references that reference old testament scripture of other things that god spoke to the Hebrew people mm-hmm. throughout time, throughout history. And at that time, there was the original Hebrew translation yeah. um, of the Old Testament. But then there's also what was called the Septuagint, which was a Greek translation of the Hebrew mm-hmm. Old Testament. And even from there, there, there are minute differences and just different ways in which you need to go about interpreting. And so that's important yep. um, of, of looking at what translations were being referenced in this original document yep. written to the Hebrews. So things like that. And we're going to get all into it, but you can see how it gets so complex. And you're probably thinking, man, so in order to interpret like one single verse in scripture, you need to do all this and it takes so much time. And and the the truth is, yes, it does take a lot of time, a lot of effort and diving into and studying in yeah. the scripture to truly understand and grasp and apply yeah. its meaning and interpretation application. But that's what it takes if we truly want to interpret God's word. Yeah, right. yeah. And, and Christian, just know that, yes, it's hard work, but you have the spirit inside of you if you have truly trusted in jesus with all of your life the spirit he tells us the spirit would come to reside within us and the spirit would be our counselor the spirit would be our guide Mm -hmm. and the spirit helps us understand all the word because what does the spirit do the spirit writes it on our hearts Mm -hmm. so if he is doing what he's telling us he was going to do then he is going to lead us further into understanding his scripture and us wanting to Mm -hmm. do this hermeneutical process this is to honor the lord with all of our lives seeking with the best of our abilities the best that we know how to approach finding that truth i had a friend share this Mm -hmm. the uh, in a different podcast that it is the glory of god to conceal a man uh, a matter and it is the glory of kings to seek it out. 
And so we're going to seek it out. That's what we want to do. And this is how we're going to do it. So I'll share this quick analogy with you. When you are, have you ever seen any crime scene investigation shows? And if you have, have you noticed what they do? Don't Some of the things that we're talking about and that we're saying should sound a little familiar to you when I say a crime scene investigation. And here's why. So in a crime scene investigation, an inspector doesn't just go into the room and they look around and then they walk out and they say, judge, I know who did it. It was the grocery man at the store because he has black hair and I saw some black hair dye at the crime scene. And that was it. He doesn't do that. Why? Because he doesn't know if that that person just has naturally black hair. Like he could just come and say that I was the one who did it because I have naturally black hair. He doesn't know that that person is the one who did it. Mm -hmm. He does further research than that. Yeah. He looks at the entire room. He brings in people to do a little swab of a countertop that seems suspicious. He sees all the spilled things in the room. He sees the blood splatter on the wall. He figures out the way that it was splattered. All of these things. He figures those things out to try to get to a particular plausible understanding of what could this be. And that usually, and it doesn't always work out. I know that there's there's injustice that happens in the world. But that right there is a way that we catch criminals. That's the way that Ted Bundy was caught. That's the way that a million horrible, horrible people, horrible uh, criminals have been caught, has been through investigation that is not just saying, I see this, so I think it is, period. It's hypothesis that has led down the trail of finding all those details, finding all the data. So, Aaron, why why do we need to answer those questions? What is the what is the main question that we have that we need to answer that we can get to by asking those questions? Yeah, the biggest the biggest question is what does the scripture mean? Yep. What does this mean this word of god that he has given us what does it mean and we can't do anything else with it until we know what it means yep. we cannot um, interpret and analyze it and apply it to our lives until we have that foundational um question answered of what does it mean yeah um and so that's the most important part and that's why we're diving into the hermeneutical process here yep. to answer that question which leads to all other routes of interpreting and um, just uh, going further in revelation and, and application here. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'll say one thing too, going off of what you said of um, the Spirit guiding us uh, in the interpretation and understanding of Scripture and just the fact that we are called to seek God. Um, it's just um, another, an, another thing I'll reference is in Scripture when we see Jer uh, Jesus talking and speaking in parables, um, most often times we see that he'll share parables with the crowds and then the majority of people will then just go and walk away and leave. And it's his disciples, those who are close to him, who know him and just continually want to know him more. They will then come to him afterwards yeah. and ask, what does that mean? 
And it's the fact that they were constantly coming to Jesus, seeking him, wanting to know him more, wanting to know what his word means, yeah. to interpret it, to apply it, that he would then open up and give deeper insight and revelation into it. And so that's a weird yeah. call to do as well yeah. throughout this whole process. Yeah, and that that's so important to remember is that when we ask the question, what does it mean? Then we come to understand what it means. And so it's not just for understanding what it means there's something else that happened to the disciples after they learned Mm -hmm. they went out into the world Mm -hmm. after jesus shared and taught them all the things that he was teaching them they went out and they continued to share that with the world so it should push something we should it should push action in our lives in some way but what we don't want to do is get into the trap of seeing something saying you know, maybe, and I'll use this one for simplicity, though this one is true. You shouldn't, you shouldn't do this and you should take it, you know, straight, but that's only because you know hermeneutically that this was a command is thou shalt not kill. That was a command in an actual statement from God saying, you shouldn't do this. This is, this is my law. But if I didn't know that and I just it just said thou shalt not kill and I was like, oh, you know, they couldn't really mean killing. They might mean, you know, like thou shalt not, you know, be mean to someone, that kind of thing. Like you could try to interpret it that way. But no, it's thou shalt not kill. And then there are other ones that say thou shalt not uh, take feathers from someone, blah, 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 blah. And you read this and you're like, thou shalt not take feathers from someone. That's not an actual scripture. I'm just making that up to <laughs> make a point is maybe there was feathers as a commodity in that time. Maybe that was a traded thing in that time. And that was a protection for the people in that time because there were people who would constantly come and steal the feathers. So those things will be the things that we're going to look out for. And this is going to be a really fun series. So you don't want to miss mm-hmm. episode two when we jump in to Hebrews 11. Uh, and we're going to share some tips on how to approach it. And then we're going to actually read it. Um, yeah. In episode three and four, we're going to give you some more detail uh, and insight into uh, Hebrews 11 and 12. And we'll give you what our conclusions are on what we think it means. Um, And then after the conclusions, we are just going to ask you to go back and read it and see if you come to those same conclusions. Go and do the research. Find out what it means. Um, But yeah, that was episode one. So you don't want to miss episode two and three. Aaron, we're going to have a lot of fun. So we will be back soon. Catch us next week.